Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. And I'm Eric. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. I always just want to say your Arnold is better than mine, and I, I always <laughs> love doing the second but, one. It's nothing but experience, <laughs> and way too much, way too much time. Uh huh. Just doing Arnold voice, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, we all we all had the Arnold voice. Uh, it's deep up within us. It's yeah, it is. It is, it is sort of part of our <laughs> DNA at this point. Uh, we are back, people. Uh, welcome to all our listeners. Welcome to those of you joining us on the last of the Action Heroes podcast network. Happy to have you guys checking us out as well. Um, if that's where you listen to us, by all means, check us out on our own feed. We have a few episodes living over there that haven't made their way on to the Action Hero podcast network yet. We also published a couple days earlier over there so if you want to be the first one on your block (laughs) to uh, have heard that brand new six degrees podcast that's where you're going to do it but (laughs) in all seriousness we're back to talk a little bit more about conan the destroyer conan the destroyer yeah early arnold early i never would have occurred to me how early this was in his career like that he did two conans before he before he did Terminator. It's yeah, crazy to me. I know. I, I didn't, I, for some reason, thought that Conan the Destroyer was later on in the 80s. Same. And I had no, it, it has that feel away. to yeah. me of a later 80s movie. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, it was ahead of its time. I guess so. But like th- that 80s, early to mid 80s was like the fucking heyday of barbarian oh movies. Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, Excalibur. That shit was everywhere. Yeah, the sword and sorcery shit. Hollywood was cranking these shits yeah. out though, man. Yeah. After um, Conan the Barbarian, I think was a big hit. Yeah. Because there was this franchise. There was the Beastmaster franchise, oh. which I love Beastmaster. There was the Deathstalker franchise. Okay. There was the Barbarians, which was like the same plot as Conan, except yeah. there was twins. <laughs> um, there was the Ator Ator franchise. Oh, my. I had completely forgotten that. He-Man yeah. was a thing. Master of the Universe, obviously, was yeah. out there. Kroll. Kroll. I was um, going to say Kroll if you want more of the that's sci-fi what I'm saying. bent like, on and, it. And the, yeah. and the movie of He-Man, they went that same sci-fi right. barbarian With route, the which weird, weird. Like, I don't know. What was it? A giant pointed dildo thing? It yeah. It was like could, also doubled as a yeah, piano. It was weird. The, the co- was it? The cosmic keyboard or something like something that. Something like that. It had, yeah, it was wild shit. There were lasers and guys with swords and loincloths. Very which is young strange. Courtney Cox as well. Yeah. One of her first <laughs> things. Post, so, yeah. yeah, dude. Anyway, but yeah, it was like that was like it was a it was a full on cultural phenomenon. Yes. in the eighties, the 
the barbarian genre was its own like sub genre of action and we loved it we were happy to have it i mean i was absolutely I mean, like big roided up dudes oh yeah as a kid like, babes yeah like, exactly it this was is like you know it was the 80s man. it was cool and i didn't understand why <laughs> sometimes on the podcast we say like it was it was it was the age of reagan it was like excess man everything had to be in excess and so that's what oof. these movies were and they were and they did it great and speaking of excess before we get started we are drinking to excess as oh, we shit. always Hell do yes. what are what are you imbibing and enjoying um, tonight Kevin? so my rule of thumb is whenever especially when we're talking arnold i always like to drink a brown liquor okay <laughs> one right. of the finer things Love so it. i'm drinking wyoming whiskey private stock it's very proofy like 118 proof so wow. I'm on my second glass and I'm feeling tipsy. Okay. This is, this, uh, is going to go very well. <laughs> okay. I think, um, <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you got over there? Well, I, I am, uh, I am a wine man. I, I admit it. I fully yeah. disclose it. Um, so is Conan. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Cause he downed the, down the shit out of that glass in the last episode. I am drinking a, a lovely red blend from, uh, Vina Robles. The, it is called the Arborist. Um, it is a 2021 vintage, and I don't know exactly where Vina Robles is based out of, but I assume it's probably in it sounds California. California, yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, it is a tasty red blend, as with all red blends. It's a little bit on the sweeter side. Okay. I prefer a drier red, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's it's very drinkable. It's very drinkable. Uh, well, I will try my best to catch us up on what's happening on Conan, which is not a whole lot so far. Which is good. Um, <laughs> now, basically, the movie opened with with uh, Queen Tiramis and her little goons. They come and they forcibly sort of recruit Conan and his sidekick Malik to go on a quest, which we find out is uh, she wants them to escort her niece, the princess, to retrieve. They got to go get one MacGuffin so that they can then go and collect the second MacGuffin and bring that back. And then what she'll do in exchange for Conan is bring back his long lost love who's died. And that's what we think is going on. But right. then we found out also the queen has her own agenda where her, her top henchman, this uh, Wilt Chamberlain, yep. the character Bombata. Bombata yep. He's supposed to kill Conan as soon as they retrieve, I think the first MacGuffin, the magical horn. So as soon as they retrieve the second MacGuffin, yeah, when they retrieve the second MacGuffin using the first MacGuffin, sure, that's they, when whatever it is they want. <laughs> he's supposed to kill Conan. He's supposed to not let anyone fuck the princess because yes. she's got to remain a virgin so that she can be sacrificed right. later. And they're getting ready to start out on this quest. And that's that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Yeah. And so as we camera comes back up out of blackness, we're seeing Conan, Jenna, Malik and Babata. And they're riding through these, I mean, really massive statues. That was another if it was an effect shot, it was like a killer was, effect shot. I mean, if it was, I assume it had to be maybe another thing with miniatures or a matte painting. Yeah. It had there ain't no way like they built these like 50 foot monoliths or whatever and also they look very much like something you would see in sort of the the region of mesopotamia not something that you would see in the deserts of mexico right so for sure to me at least they clearly were not just ruins that happened to be in the outskirts in the deserts of mexico so yeah i don't know what effects they use flawless i mean you it wasn't like it didn't look fake it looked real it looked so good i I assume it 
had to be some sort of movie magic, right, right? Right, exactly. I also noticed on this scene, Bombada wears this like this big sort of breastplate or like yeah. sort of cummerbund looking yeah, like right, thing that yeah. you wear like with a kilt or whatever that sort of looks like Conan's Wheel of Pain medallion, but I think it's I think it's different. Oh, that's be, a, to me, it would have been amazing if it was the same. Then it would be like, oh, they're from the same like clan, yeah, which is like these these gladiators that were trained by having to push the wheel of pain yeah, around. That's right. Like, it'd be cool because then you think, oh, they're probably like equal level of right. of warrior pedigree or whatever. Right. I agree. And if it were the same, what is like subtle little call out the, for the fans? Yeah, yeah for, the, for fans. the fans out there. I like but that. I, I think it is a little bit different. I think it was just kind of coincidentally similar. But sure. So as they're as they're writing, Jenna is already making Conan's life hard because she is his just, what his life hard. <laughs> oh, his life hard. Jenna is already <laughs> <laughs> no, she was horny as hell already, already immediately. Right, talking about how handsome he is and like I mean it's just it's just crazy how um, <laughs> just. Hot to trot, Jenna is five minutes into our quest. Right, we've just left. Like, <laughs> just left the castle. Like Bombada's mission is to keep this girl a virgin, and she is like, "My mission is to make you fail." Right, she's the horniest fourteen-year-old in the history of the world. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, absolutely the horniest fourteen-year-old in the history of the world. <laughs> I mean, but then she like actually starts negging Bombada as right. they're going. She has this line, which is a riot. How many times have I seen a man, a real man? All I've seen is you. <laughs> like, Fucking brutal. Boo, burn. <laughs> that was, man, he needs some ointment for that burn. But he, he looks he looks hurt. She laughs at him. But then like, oh, I didn't mean any offense. Like, yeah, we know you did, Jenna. We, we know you meant offense. Yes. Um, but yes, it is in fact true that Conan is handsome. That's her verdict. <laughs> She's like ready to climb all over him. Like yeah. in the first hour yeah, since they've left the. Right the away. His magnetism is undeniable. But we, we cut away from this highly sexually charged scene <laughs> back to the castle, and there are four armored riders racing through the gates and down the road. They, they needed to wait a little bit longer, I feel like, in the editing process to show these guys leaving, like, let it seem like more time has passed, right. because I feel like... They're like an hour behind them at most, you know, and they're at full like gallop or whatever. They'd catch up with them probably, you know, in an hour. Conan or two. has been like on a trot. You can still see the gates of the castle behind him. <laughs> yeah. They can see these riders coming from the castle. Right. It feels but let like. it feel like a couple days have passed. Right. Or exactly. Exactly. Like you got to give it a little bit of space. So you're not so obviously the one behind all of this. Sure. Anyway. So. We cut back to Conan and his crew, and they've entered a forest by this point. And they come to a fork in the road, and Conan and Jenna get into an argument about which way to go. And Jenna says, hey, uh, I'm in charge here. You have to obey me, but with so much flirt on it, it is just <laughs> unbelievable how thick uh, she's laying it on how, here. How old do you think she's supposed to be? Do you think she's supposed to be 14, like the age of the actress? I don't I don't know. I mean, she I is... I hope she's more like 17, 18, that's 19. kind of the vibe that I would put on her. For sure. I don't see but, how this actress is 14. I mean, that's my thing. Look, according but, to IMDb... Well, which I would say, like, oh, we can't trust that. Well, but then... I looked I looked her up and there was like a Washington Post article from back when the movie came out mm-hmm. that said, you know, she's born in she was born in 1969. And it's like and she was 14 years old while they were filming. And I'm like, well, shit. 
Well, okay. I don't think she would have been lying about her age back then. I mean, like all, all I can say is I'm just glad there wasn't any hanky panky because this movie oh. would have been a very different rating. That's if it had been. fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> gross. I don't know. I mean, so. this is wild. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, no. I just think I, I feel like she's supposed to be older than this. I agree. I agree that that is definitely the vibe that she's laying down. But uh, her well, it was actual. Like what we're, hold on. Hold on. Side sidebar. Let's do it. Karate Kid three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got Daniel Larusso, and he's and he's trying to like flirt with that sculptor girl. Yep. Who was fucking seventeen? That actress. I mean, why not? I'm like, why did you cast a seventeen year old girl as a small business owner <laughs> in the valley or whatever? Like, what the fuck is going on around here? And Machio was like thirty four or something like that. You know, playing a playing an eighteen year old. Or something. Oh it's just God. crazy. If it, I, I don't understand why. Why would you cast someone that young to play this part? I mean, she didn't necessarily look that young. But because I mean, there. You know, she must have had a a connection in the business. Is all I can think about. Also, you know, they're always chasing youth, right? I yeah. mean, just the younger the better is basically the attitude, and I think that. She it she she fit the bill, although it wasn't for acting. I, I looked it up. She got the golden raspberry Who for worst acting. This um, uh, 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 Olivia Dabo. Yeah, she got oh, the. Oh, I thought she was fine. No, she no, was I mean, as good as anyone else in this movie. I agree, but she got the golden raspberry for worst actress oh, in 1984 because she was in this. And let me check my notes here. Uh, a movie called Bolero, which I've never seen. I've never heard of that. Right. Both came out in 84. And both uh, Bolero is apparently unwatchable. Okay. And because she was in Destroyer and Bolero, okay. Maybe, she got to go. I'm going to say some more about this other Bolero movie because I thought she was. I mean, at least as good as Schwarzenegger. In some later on scenes, I'm like, this girl's got way too much swagger for like a 14 year old. <laughs> like she's got way too much confidence about herself. Um, she's like, she's bringing the goods later on in the movie after like, but anyway, we'll get to all that as we, we get. We, we, we will, but, yes. It took okay. plenty of time. Oh, that sucks for her. You should never give that shit to a kid. If, well, she, she they did that it. recently in the in the, the Golden Raspberries. I had to apologize. Really? About like, oh, we're sorry. We shouldn't, uh, like, it's bullying. You know, you can't give worst actress yeah, to like a 12 I mean, a year different, old. A different time, the 80s. That's on, tough. For like, multiple reasons, clearly. Like, this kid's not, it's not their fault they're not a seasoned actor. Right. Right. Anyway, they didn't cast themselves. No, in this <laughs> movie. You know what I mean? Like that would be hilarious if somehow she had just the right connections that she got to pick any movie that she I wanted will. and Conan yeah. the Destroyer is that's the one that the she one. went with. This chick would have killed it as the childlike empress oh, or something. I was thinking right. that. Although yeah. she does, she's not, there's nothing childlike about her either. So oh, that's you know. also fair. Anyway, yeah. innocence is not cut, something that's chopped right out of the podcast. <laughs> I don't need what's his name to catch a predator showing up on my door. <laughs> Um, so, so where were we? Okay. okay, so back to okay. So Conan says that they're going to they're going up against magic, and that they're going to need magic on their side to succeed. Okay. I don't believe at this point that Bombada would like let Conan lead them off course no. without a, more, a better suggestion, like a better uh, explanation than this. I agree. I it was, I, I feel like Bombada would be like, okay, I don't. I'm sorry. Like what? you're gonna have to give us more. Yeah, than, I need more than this. A vague, <laughs> mysterious, you know, answer right. or whatever. Right. Exactly. So anyway, so Akiro, Malik says, and then. <laughs> She, Jenna seems extremely angry that she's not getting her way as they ride off on the path that she clearly does not want to go down. Right. All right. So now we cut to uh, a, a, a spot in the woods, 
by pure coincidence, it would seem. Like, just the timing <laughs> could not have been better. I think you're right. And, and uh, there's a band of raiders who are carrying Akiro uh, bound on a stick, like, yeah. like, like the Ewoks in, in Return of the Jedi. That's right. They're on the way to the Ewok like barbecue they're, you're right, or exactly. They're going to put them on a spit or something, right? And they, they take the stick and they put it on top of a roaring fire ready to uh-huh. cook him alive. So Conan draws a sword, rides in, so <laughs> Malik the, follows. This is the same wizard from the first movie, though. I don't. He didn't even have a name in the first one. No, no, no. They never even... But yeah, he's exactly. a re- recurring character, so some more continuity here. That's right. Exactly. So one of the only other like returning characters. Sure. And so Conan grabs a sword. Malik follows. <laughs> of course, he cuts off some guy's head, as right you are wont to do, bat. just like yeah. immediately. Some heavy violence on a PG-rated movie. <laughs> I know. So he kills a bunch more of the cannibals while Malik frees Akito. And, and then, he's also like, Malik's like roasting him too. Like he keeps like knocking him like, yeah. oh, why would they want to eat something so like old and, <laughs> and stinky or whatever? You need a bath. Like going after him. I mean, why not? They take then, the advantage. You can't attack back That's right like Hero said something about they thought if they ate me, then they'd, they'd get my magic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. So Conan kills the rest of the cannibals, returns to the uh, his two friends. Akito thanks him. Uh, with a bow, and then Conan <laughs> says, I need your help. And Akira's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm, right, I'm ready to go. I'm yours. I'm yours. I mean, that was, it was that <laughs> no fast. No convincing <laughs> necessary. No explanation. What are we doing? No, it's just, I'm down for this. Whatever yeah. you want to do, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And it's just, it is, I mean, they had to bring him into the movie somehow. Sure, let's but get this, it quick. Let's yeah, exactly. But this scene felt so completely contrived and artificial. <laughs> this is when it starts, like, getting off the rails a little bit for okay. me. Because they just wanted Akito in the movie, and they could not find a more organic yeah, way to Yeah, we need a wizard. We gotta have a wizard in the flick, for right, sure. Right, exactly. So, okay, <laughs> we're just gonna, he's being eaten by cannibals, and Kona shows up. Uh, right, it had been like 10 whole minutes or whatever since we've had some action. <laughs> right, exactly. We need a fight sequence and, you know, yeah. a Return of the Jedi was big at this point because it was 84, <laughs> sure. so why not throw another person on the spit, so why not? But anyway, so <laughs> the group is riding through the desert at this point, and there is this massive elephant skeleton in the gr- foreground, a yeah. really good shot, Like a woolly mammoth or yeah, something, yeah. that was rad. I gotta believe it was a prop or something along those lines, but. It looked really good in the scene. The scenery was spectacular in Again, this scene as well. Like yeah, the desert absolutely. with the mountains and everything. The environmental shots are like just top notch the whole way through the movie. So as they're moving, Conan is is like, like I don't know, sort of like asking Jenna, sort of like poking her, trying to get more information about what the nature of the key is that they're looking for. Uh-huh. And she says that it's not like a regular key. It's like a jewel. Okay. It's the heart of Araman. And she says... No one should dare touch it but her. Right. This is this is the MacGuffin that we have to find before we can find the other MacGuffin. Exactly. This is MacGuffin number one that we need to get. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. They don't even they don't even have the MacGuffin. They have to get the first MacGuffin. So that they can then use the, the first MacGuffin to go get the second <laughs> MacGuffin. Yeah, that's for right. sure. That's right. For sure. There's so many MacGuffins here, it's hard to keep track. Meanwhile, cut back to the random goons <laughs> galloping at full speed. Full speed! They're riding those horses to death, I felt like. And also, like, since they took that they don't know that they took the sidetrack to get Akito. They probably would have overtaken them and By already. this point, they already would have caught up to him. But uh, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. We just don't want to forget that they're coming after the band of, of our heroes at this point. Okay. So back to Conan and his friends. They arrive at an outpost. 
And Akido advises Malik to be careful what he steals here. Yes. What do you think this place even is? I don't. I have no idea. But it is, is like a mining camp or some yeah. sort of trading post. It's or gotta something be. Like that. But like the fact that a wizard is telling a thief to not steal things here. There, there's some shady shit going on. This I mean, is pretty funny, though, this moment where yeah. he's like, I know when to steal and when not to. And he like, snatches a necklace or and something. immediately, immediately steals a necklace. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was a great moment. Um, they ride towards a loud commotion, and this is where they find Zula fending off several assailants with a bow staff. And she's, she's tethered to the ground with, like, a chain on a stake in the ground. Yeah. Like a chain chomp. So I was like, wait, did they tether her and then they gave her a weapon? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't understand <laughs> Here, what, take this weapon what the so setting is. Fin us off. See how long you can fin us off. I mean, off. it wouldn't surprise me, actually. It makes sense. Like, the, they feel justified. Oh, you at least have a weapon. The interesting thing here is that Grace Jones actually like sent two of the stuntmen to the hospital during this scene. Oh shit, for real? Yeah, because she actually trained for eight months with the bow staff. And so she was doing all the choreography and the stuntmen were getting in too close and she kept hitting him in the face with the oh. bow staff. You know what? I will say that's rad as fuck. And I will say I think she was putting more into her performance than any other actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, so maybe she was like, no, this is like my big break. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as the other actors are just like, I'm just here to deliver the lines and, and go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I totally drink agree. at the bar or whatever. It, and it was a happy accident that Grace Jones got cast too, because apparently as written, Zula okay. was supposed to be a man. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Zula, oh, they needed another female like warrior in the uh, movie. Uh, so yep. that's great. And okay. They misunderstood. They saw, according to the, the according to someone, they claim that the casting agent saw that Zula ended with an A and okay. assumed it was a female character. Okay. And then like was like, oh, well, Grace Jones would be perfect for this. Caster did all the costuming, did all of the makeup effects. And then when the screenwriter showed up, he's like, no, no, this was supposed to be a guy. Like, um, sorry, dude, I don't know what to tell you. And he had to rewrite whole sections of the script oh. to justify her as a female character. I think her being like having this female warrior in the movie is great. 100% agree. I cannot imagine anybody else playing Zula. She is one of the best parts of this entire movie. Anyway, so Conan asks, back to the movie, Conan asks, like, what's going on? What, you know, what, what is happening right now? And uh, the, the people around him say that Zula was part of a raiding party that attacked the village, and they're going to kill her like they did all the others, but after we've had our fun with her, which is yeah. really menacing. That's a very rapey, very <laughs> yeah. rapey comment there. <laughs> so Jenna asks Bombada, I want you to save her. But he responds that thieves should be killed. So he's like, nah, nah, she should be dead. I don't care. This is beyond me. So then she begs Conan to intercede. You know, the real man. Sure. (laughs) Well, she's like, it's six against one. (laughs) And he's like, one, two, three. I think you're right. And like Conan or Arnold trying to do humor, an early attempt at humor. Yeah, he... He, he definitely had a lot more lines in this movie, and that may be one of the reasons why it's not as good as the first one. Yeah. But he reluctantly rides into the fray. Uh, Zula and Conan get this it's amazing, like, good stare down at each other, like two warriors acknowledging each other. And then he finally brings up his sword and cuts Zula free from uh-huh. her tether, right? And then she just goes completely berserk. Yes. And they take down a, with Conan, they take out a bunch of her attackers. Conan went like full three stooges straight up like bunk like crack their heads together like a couple of coconuts <laughs> and so Zula breaks free and um and then she grabs a horse and she flees away this bit was weird because 
she produces from nowhere, like her little her headpiece, right, or whatever that she slaps on her head, right. And it's like, wait, was this her? Like, I'm like, at first, I'm like, where did that shit come from? Then I rewatched, I'm like, oh, it was on the horse. So was this her horse that was? I, I have right there. I don't have a clue, but this little like helmet sort of tiara type thing that she wears. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Austin powers route where it's just like, you sort of peg the camera and you go, I would just advise you sit back yeah. and have fun. <laughs> just have fun with this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a totally weird continuity error. There's no, there's no excusing it, but anyway, she runs off and, um, as they're le- oh, so she runs off initially, we don't know where she's going, but then as Conan, and his crew crew continue riding. They look back and they see that Zula is following him. Mm-hmm. So Babata turns around and he goes to speak with her. He asks her what she wants. And she says, I want to join with you. I want to go on your adventure with you. And he says, nah, get the hell out of here. I'm not interested in you. <laughs> and she's like, no, I want to speak to Conan, I the real man. <laughs> Babata, I feel like he didn't want any extra like flies in the ointment. That's exactly you know, what's going on. Like, oh, I don't yeah, want yeah. any un, like, more variables in this scenario. Or oh, absolutely. He, yeah, he yeah, took yeah. on this wizard or whatever. Yeah. No, for absolutely. Because sure, he's got his own agenda, but the others don't know about that. Yeah, right? all of a sudden sudden he's got two new faces that like were not a part of his original plan yeah of course he wants to to get the hell out of there this was one of those scenes where when will chamberlain's riding that horse you can see like his feet are almost touching the ground yeah, still it is un- it looks like he's riding like a little pony around it does it is unreal how big that man is you feel bad for the horse kind of right I don't, I, like, I, yeah it's just like i feel like the the uh the um animal humane society would not be okay with him riding a horse in yeah. today's movies like they would just say nope sorry he can't get on a horse he's got to walk and frankly, wouldn't it be easier for him to just walk those long this? strides? I know exactly. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're way off track here. So uh, Babata tells her to leave again. She starts to obey, but then she draws her staff, turns around, charges on Babata, and then like jousts him off his horse. Yeah, like right onto the ground. That was a wild stunt because I don't. I feel like it might have really been Wilt. It was. Off. It's hard to find a stunt double for that. Yeah, no. According to everything that I could find. Uh, and no one, no one disputes it. Grace Jones and Will Chamberlain did all of their own stunts. There's all a stunt coming up that I watched on slow mo on the Blu-ray, and it was definitely not Grace. It was a, definitely a dude. <laughs> okay, all right. So <laughs> but, they did most of their but, own yeah, stunts. But I could see that, especially Will, though. Like, yeah. how do you find someone to double like a seven foot whatever? <laughs> right, dude, know, it's so, a monster. Yeah. So everybody's amused by the fact that Bombard has been knocked on his ass. Well, this it was Zula is definitely fearless. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bombada is a character to be feared and she is doesn't even bat an eye at him so she charges him a couple more time and then eventually he just keeps cutting her bow staff down like the size every time she charges she charges one more time and then leaps from her horse onto bombada that was the scene where i'm like i watched them oh this is definitely not grace okay i'm almost certain it was a guy okay okay that's fair but it was definitely will chamberlain that was getting jumped on oh yeah and i'm like that's Sort of dangerous. I feel like was this after his career was over? I, I, guess, I'm I don't know. I, think I don't know the timeline. Yeah, I can't imagine that he'd still be pre- playing professional ball and then be Doing able to be stunts. insured. Yeah, for yeah. stunts. Yeah. So after she's off the horse and on him, she's like headbutting him with this uh-huh. helmet that appeared out of nowhere, and finally Conan rides in to intervene. So Zula is biting Babata, and she picks her up and throws her onto the ground. I also looked this up. Okay. The blood that is on Bombada is real because uh, Grace Jones actually was biting him, apparently. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> also, I Grace Jones was wearing like this tiny little like yeah. loincloth thong yeah. thing. 
And when he flung her, I swear that might have been the X-rated. <laughs> I feel like I, you could all. I felt you could see everything. I'm just like, holy shit! What oh am I looking God. at right now? That's so fun. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the fact that this movie was PG blows my mind. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about this on Red Dawn because famously Red Dawn was the first PG-13 right. movie. This would have been a PG-13 for sure For sure, they had that rating. But yeah. it came out right before Red Dawn. And I feel like that this movie is the reason why Red Dawn is definitely PG-13. on the short list. Like yeah. there was a few movies, a flurry of movies in like 82, 83 yep. that all came out. Yeah. They were like, Jesus Christ, we need something yep. a little bit heavier than a PG. Yeah, exactly. And um, now that they're all on the ground, everybody's off their horses. Bombada picks up his sword. He's ready to kill Zola. And then Conan commands him to stop. Zola swears that she's going to give her life to Conan if she's allowed to ride with them. And Conan likes the sound of that, but says, (laughs) we shall see. Zula was super, like, thrilled about this. Oh, my God. But that Grace Jones had, like, just tons of natural charisma. Oh, just, I mean, I I cannot believe that they would have cast anybody other than her in this role. Yeah. She is truly one of the saving graces of this movie. Oh, Grace pun. Oh! (laughs) Drink to that. Cheers. (laughs) But truly, every scene that she's in is, like, it makes the movie worth watching because she is just, like, really leaning into it, owning it, completely embodies the character of Zula. I I just, I don't know how this movie would have worked at all without her. Anyway, cut back to our four armored riders and they finally reach the outpost in their pursuit of Conan. This is quickly turning into sort of a Monty Python. I feel like they're right behind them. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, guys, slow down a minute. I mean, like they haven't even gotten MacGuffin number one yet, you know? They seem to be. They don't even seem to be gaining on them, though. Even though they seem to be going full speed. It's sort of like all that, the time. Yeah, it's a scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where that, they come. the knight is just like running in the distance forever until it's he's on you. Favorite gags. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite gags ever. I don't know the. I get where they were going with the the four armored horsemen in pursuit, but we actually didn't need any of that because she already said we're going to kill well, him. Well, it just needs to be clear they're further behind. Like, right. <laughs> or we need to see them not full speed all the time. Right. <laughs> but somehow they're not catching this up isn't, at all. This I isn't, don't know. This isn't uh, fucking Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli chasing after Urukai, right? Yeah. Like, you can slow down a minute. If we're they not were in on foot, we could have had them running all <laughs> right. the whole time. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. So back to Conan and the gang, and night falls, and they finally reached Castle Toth Amon. Uh-huh. It's a crystal castle in the middle of a lake, because of course it is. This is where, so not one time have we seen it be at nighttime yet, and I'm like, in my mind, I feel like it's like the same day they left. <laughs> I love I the idea. How do, you re- do you reckon it's been days or weeks? I, I mean, I was assuming that we are just never seeing like the event happening at night, but I much would prefer to believe that this actually like the movie started at 7 a.m. And now we're just finally at 7 p.m. Yeah. on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's how, I mean, it feels to me like it's just been like the least epic. Right. Sort of epic quest. Yeah, exactly. That you've seen because it's just like, it doesn't feel like Seasons are changing or anything like that. It's just like, oh yeah, they've just been riding all day. I love like if they you, had an adventure or two along the way. Along you the know? way, I, I love like when you plot the course of like the fellowship and the and the hundreds of miles that they trekked. But if you plot the course of Conan and the crew on 
Conan the Destroyer. It's just like, I don't know, it's like three miles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like the lake is just on the other side of that hill, uh. you know? <laughs> anyway, so they're at the Crystal Castle on the lake, and Jenna says that that's where they're going to find the key because, I mean, of course that's where they're going to find the key. Right, right. So we cut to inside the castle, and the wizard Tothamon, he's watching them approach through an actual D20. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope that whoever the, the prop master was on this knew what it, how important a D20 was in the world of D&D. Absolutely. Was, I don't feel like that. it was an accident. Oh, it's got it's to be real, right? I mean, that's got to be that's real. fan service. <laughs> it's straight up fan service. So he says into this magical D20, come bring her Conan in the most menacing voice yeah. you can imagine. And that's Pat Roach playing okay. the character of Toth Amon. He was also in Red Sonia, which is weird, playing the character of Brytag, who was like this evil sort of gatekeeper guy, big ass dude. You know, he was in, um, he was in the Harrison Ford, the Indiana Jones flicks back in the day. He was the big, Nazi that Harrison Ford fought like under the airplane oh, in, the air, on the, in, in the Raiders. First one, oh, in Raiders. oh wow. he played um he played the big bearded like slave driver guy in Temple of Doom. Oh that wow. he like got fed through the con- yeah. the, the <laughs> what like, do you call that? A steamroller sort of thing. Yeah, like, they, like, like feeding him through things. And then I think his bit might have got a fight of with him might have got cut out of Last Crusade. Oh, but okay. he was in there too. Okay. But yeah, he's just like a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. There's yeah, no question about it. Big dude, lots of jewelry. He's wearing these red robes, um, looking like Hugh Hefner or something in the Playboy Mansion. And and he also has more lines in this movie than he had in any of the Indiana Jones movies. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jenna wants the crew to go immediately to the castle, and Conan's not having any of it, and says, we're going to wait till morning, because we've been running <laughs> since been 10 a.m. Right, it's been a long we day. We need to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna says that she's in charge, but Conan, like, he just says no. He puts his foot down. He says, nope, we're going to rest. So they're sleeping. And the wizard Tothamon, he comes out onto his ramparts, and he transforms into a ghostly dragon and flies towards Conan's camp. Again, another great moment. And the way that they used to do these effects where they would actually draw on the developed film. You were loving that hand-drawn animation, uh, I love that stuff, man. That's cool. This thing looks like sort of pterodactyl-ish. Yeah, it was super cool. Another, I mean, look, you can say a lot of bad things about this movie, but the effect shots were just, I mean, really top-notch. Really, All of the special effects in this movie were just peak. So good. So uh, everybody's sleeping in camp. Uh, and even Bombada, who is f- clearly supposed to be watching out for Jenna's virginity right now, is just uh-huh. falling asleep on the job. Yes. The the ghost dragon swoops in, grabs Jenna. No one notices. Just gone. Sh- right they're back shitty, to the castle. shitty protectors. I mean, I just like. the worst. Like, why? You came all this was, way. Were they under a spell or something? Because they seemed very restless. They all seemed restless, but no one's waking up. I would think that that would be the case. But, you know, you could even think that they could do a single shot of him just, like, casting a spell and fairy dust, like, descending on them. And that would be it. That's, That's all you true. need to do. That doesn't it. add much time or money to this whole thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, nope. Apparently, it's not, it's not important. It's fine. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. So Tothamon, he's in human form again. He puts Jenna down on a bed in the castle, and she hasn't woken. <laughs> She's still sleeping like a 14-year-old beauty. This shit was like some Bed Bath & Beyond. Like the, <laughs> the, the production design, I felt like this shit looked cheap as hell, like the bedding. Yeah. They, they, later on, I just thought it was 
like I don't know what a bed in a wizard's castle is supposed to look like, but I just didn't feel like it's that this is it. You know what I mean? I also I also love the idea. Well, I mean, you know, actually, I'm joking, but it sort of makes sense within the fiction that this wizard also knew about this prophecy, and so he's had this bedroom made up for her. Sure, he's been for waiting like for her thousand years. No, it seems like he's been waiting for this to happen. He's yeah. like, bring her to me, like he knows who she is or yeah. something. Yeah. So anyway, so he menacingly speaks to the sleeping woman girl uh, saying that tomorrow she will touch the heart of Ahriman and be the first person to do so in a thousand years. That was shit was weird too. Like what? <laughs> so what does he want with the key if he can't even touch it? It seems like unclear. I don't, I mean, is she going to, is What's he going to like, game? I don't know what his end game is here. <laughs> and I don't think the screenwriters really knew what the end game was for him either. As we'll find out very yeah. soon. He was just the keeper of the first MacGuffin basically. Basically. Okay. So dawn breaks and Akito is the first one to wake up and he realizes that Jenna is gone and everybody else wakes up slowly. And in Babata, when he wakes up, he immediately freaks out uh, when he realizes that she's missing and they all look for her. But obviously she's nowhere to be found because the ghost dragon took her away. And it must have, they must have slept in because it's like full broad daylight outside. <laughs> well, I mean, look, like if high you had, noon. If you had been adventuring for 24 straight hours, true. you would be needed to sleep in more fair. too. Okay. That's fair. All right. I'm just saying. They've gone across half of whatever this land is. <laughs> so, which is like six miles. Sure, you can actually yeah. still see the castle <laughs> if you get on like a high bluff. Um, anyway, Akito is speaking in tongues at this point and he's like, oh, he realized what's going on. He says a giant bird took Jenna to the castle, which is sort of weird that he was able to deduce that so quickly. <laughs> his wizard skills get weird uh, coming up yeah. as well. Like like, really I'm like, what is his skill set here? Because he does. But um, no, yeah, there's also just this very bad acting from Arnold where he's just oh, like stone faced, just looking around like yeah. very wooden. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to look like he's deep in thought. But it's which is not clearly his, not. It's not his forte. <laughs> no, that's not his strength is looking like a deep thinker, you know. So um, so Conan, Conan orders everybody into a rowboat to go to the castle. Malik the coward slash thief slash comic relief. He says he's going to stay behind to watch the horses, but Conan says, absolutely not. You're coming with us. Uh, that's what Malik's like. I, I didn't mean me. <laughs> he's got that weird delivery of all his lines, doesn't he? That sort of whispered, yeah, uh, but whispery it, delivery. It totally works for the character. He's also <laughs> another bright spot in this movie. And as they roll through the castle and maybe one of the absolute worst composited shots. I mean, I know I literally just said a minute ago how amazing all the yeah. special effect shots were. And there's just this one random shot that is so badly composited. I thought this was like very early days of, of blue screen, yeah. like green screen type shit, which right. I think is what this looked like. It's exactly. It looked you like can see a the lines really, around. You can see the lines around everything. Everything is well too like in focus. Like mm -hmm. there's, it's just very flat. Right. Exactly. Like there's like an infinite depth of field, which looks so weird on yeah. film. Right. So anyway, sorry, aside from that no, technical No, no, it's worth pointing out. But mostly the special effect shots in this movie are phenomenal. But... So as they're rowing across the river in their green or in through the lake in their green screen, uh, Tothamon is watching them. He's watching them approach and he says, too late, my friends, <laughs> but come anyway. Yeah. Which is like, okay. <laughs> this Pat Roche, he's not much of an actor either. <laughs> uh, like what a time that must have been in Hollywood. That is just like, if you're a big dude, 
we got work for you. <laughs> you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. It's like the grapes of wrath for big white dudes. Like California's got work. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you can make Schwarzenegger look small. We got a part for you. You don't need to be able to act. I do love the idea of like call sheets or, or casting or, or like audition sheets where it's just like, are you bigger than Schwarzenegger? You're already higher. <laughs> right. We just need someone that can make him look like an underdog. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Will Chamberlain definitely does the job. Yeah. Another dude who can't act per se. Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. He can read the lines. He can deliver the lines. He can read the lines. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all we need. No, that's what we need. And you need to stand like about a foot taller than Arnold. And, <laughs> and he happy. does that. He does that great and perfectly. But that brings us to the end of part two. Drama, Ooh. drama is about to explode all over this movie. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, no, the movie, you know, it is what it is. It's a, uh, it's sword and sorcery, paint by numbers, a little bit, you know. There's good and there's bad. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're apologizing for it. But the truth is, is it's you just not as good as the first movie. It's just not as good as the first one. Yeah. That's not the worst piece of no. shit that's ever no, been made. No, 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 no. By any stretch of the imagination. That's not even the worst movie Arnold's made, probably. No. I mean, like, what was he? He was in Hercules in New York, right? Like, yeah, that was his first I never saw that. Oof, not a good movie. <laughs> he was in Batman and Robin. Oh, man. Okay, Hercules in New York looks pretty good compared to Batman <laughs> and Robin, now that we're talking about it. Chill. <laughs> oh, Arnold, I don't know why he did that, but I know oh. why he did it, because money. Money, yeah, that's Money easy answer. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. We love Arnold, especially vintage Arnold, oh which is God. what we do yes. here. So, yes, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be probably drunker a little bit, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're doing something very wrong on this podcast. So, thanks, everyone. Don't worry, Conan will destroy plenty more things next week as we move into part three of Conan the Destroyer. We'll be back, everybody. 